Welcome to I Am Ethos, a podcast about self-discovery, inspiration, and uplifting real-life stories from extraordinary people. Each week, we deliver the best inspirational stories and tips on how you can live an extraordinary life. Now here's your host, Joe Willow-Rose. This week's episode is a two-part topic on our shadow self. The shadow was first coined and termed by the popular psychoanalyst Carl Jung, in which he said that we have a primitive side of our nature and all of our shadow self is generally made up of parts of ourselves we deem unacceptable. In 2011, when my divorce was finalized, I became not only enraged about what happened to my life and the divorce itself, but also had an epiphany of what it was like to live in a quote-unquote shadow self. I read a book called The Shadow Effect by Debbie Ford, in which she talked about responsibilities and how we should embrace our hidden self beneath the surface of our conscious minds. I remember her talking about the shadow and how it will take charge instead of us having control over it if we allow it to be. It is then when the shadow winds up having control over us, triggering this shadow effect or what Carl Jung termed as an unacceptable hidden self. It wasn't long after my divorce was finalized that I became deeply entrenched with the concept of darkness. And not only in my life, but I, everywhere I saw, everywhere I looked, felt and deemed dark and unacceptable. That went on for many, many months for me where I became enraged, depressed, and where I allowed myself to deeply feel how it felt to have the darkness in my life that I've never, ever felt before. After reading this book, I realized that there is good and bad in everything, and that the concept of living life only in good terms or only in the light and only in a positive 
is naive and careless because our life is comprised of good and bad. And now what I learned over the years too is that it's a matter of perhaps balancing that out. Because you see, we can't live with one and not the other. And so after reading this book, I realized that I must learn how to embrace my dark side and accept the dark side as part of my life. Because if I didn't, I would be subject to misunderstanding. I would be fooling myself and thinking that there's only one way to live, and that is to be positive and to love and to be in the light all the time. Because that is not reality. It is not. It is when when someone tries to negate or uh, push down their desire to do something they deem unacceptable in society, so much so that they end up doing it anyway, is a testament of us not allowing that dark side of us to come out, not allowing that we have a dark side. In other words, if, for instance, I vowed not to eat ice cream, from this day on, I vow not to eat ice cream. And then I think about it, and I think about it, because that's what you do. When you, what you think about, you mostly bring about in your life. And so when you think about not eating ice cream, or when I think about not eating it for the rest of my life, the deprivation of that will equally be as strong as the motivation to not eat them. And so there's a tug of war going on. And what you end up doing, or what I would end up doing, and I know myself, is an hour from now, I would go out in the store and buy ice cream. And so if I think of ice cream as the dark side of me, because it's wrong, it's, you know, not good for my waistline, or it will, it's not good for my body. And the more I do that, the more I deprive myself, that so-called shadow in me will come out in full force. And it doesn't have to be ice cream. It could be anything, even as serious as cheating on your husband or wife or um, doing something that you feel that society deems unacceptable, but in your mind you want to do it. Now, of course, there is a fine line of not acting you know, on, on, an, on, on something that will hurt someone else. Of course, that is a fine line. And, and of course, I, you know, I encourage you not to do that. But I'm talking about your own shadow self and not everyone else and how to look within and therefore, 
what had happened to me was I slowly realized that in every action that I made, there's a reaction to where I will go, either left or right, and either left or right, good or bad, or go straight, or balance it out and say to myself, okay, you know, I'm depressed today. And I lost someone who meant a lot for me to me for over 20 years. And so what then you have to do, I believe, is to acknowledge that and have that introspection and realize that this is now the reality and accept it. Accept that shadow self of yourself that is dark, that is depressing, that is, you know, opposite of happiness. Accept it. And when you do, sort of like when you face that fear, when you face it head on, what normally happens is it goes away over time. It may not go away just like that. Or it could. But the bottom line is you allow it. You allow this shadow, this dark side, to penetrate this life of yours now and to accept it because it is a part of us. When I was growing up, the shadow or this concept, um, I didn't understand what it was. It didn't have a name at that time, but I knew that it was the same. Uh, it was, it's depression. It's the darkness. It's, it's, you know, it's the foreboding um, uh, feeling that you that you have with you know any experiences that I've had and and so I was told not to dwell on it to remove it from my mind and therefore it will go away but perhaps you listening to this know that it doesn't just go away it will linger on it could go away for a day or two, a week, a month, two months, or even years, but it always, always comes back. And so this episode is all about addressing the shadow self and how to really face and acknowledge that we all have light and darkness in our lives, that it's a part of us. It's a part of us. There's no more denying it. Because when we do, it will come back in full force. It will never go away. And so how to mitigate that, how to remove this shadow, what I found over the years is, you have to first of all accept that it's part of you. You have to acknowledge that it won't go away if you think it away. And you have to learn how to heal 
from it. There's several ways to do that, and I will tell you how I did it. First of all, um, that book from Debbie Ford, The Shadow Effect, really gave me the tools. And some of those tools uh, worked for me, and some I had to adjust and, and, and uh, identify other tools that will work for me that may or may not have been in the book. But the first thing is, as I mentioned, is to acknowledge it. And when you acknowledge that, the first step is always the hardest. And when you acknowledge it, then you can work from that. After you acknowledge it, then you then try to realize, okay, what, what is this shadow self that keeps on recurring in my life over and over and over again from childhood? There is going to have to be an introspection. You, ha- you do have to take some time. And, and for me, what really worked is to write it all down. Now, I'm not a real journal type of person. I use bullet points. And for me, that's just a lot easier. And so that's what I did. I just wrote down bullet point items of, of what I was afraid of, my phobias, what I was afraid of, and any triggers that I've had since childhood that made me depressed. I wrote it all down. The, one of the most recurring themes for me was abandonment. And it started when my mother worked, uh, you know, in various countries. She worked at the embassy and was posted everywhere around the world. And so I was left, along with my brother, with my grandparents and my aunts and my uncles. And so I didn't really see my mother for the first nine years of my life. You know, she would visit now and then, uh, but that was it. And so that innate feeling of abandonment started perhaps when I was born. And that continued on into my adulthood. And so that was one of the things that I had to identify. You know, what are the triggers? What are the things, what are the shadow effects that I've had, that I had to heal from? And there are many out there that, you know, that you can name for yourself. But that's how you identify it. You identify the most common themes and a lot of times it comes from childhood, you identify it. And then the second step is to learn how to, um, you know, recognize, you know, the, you know, what it is that, how you feel when you are abandoned. I went even so far as, as not just listing my mother, uh, the, the feeling of her abandoning me, but I also listed other people in my life who I felt abandoned me. And I wrote it all down. And then in each name, I would write down the circumstances. So you first identified, and the second is you write down how you felt during that time. And now that you have it on on paper, 
And I really encourage you to write it down, even though um, I don't do a lot of journaling. But even in bullet points, you can just put, you know, sentences or, or one sentence or even words, just words, so long as you understand what it means. And so after you do that, then there's a, you need time to have that introspection. You need time to, to fully integrate that feeling, okay? You have to, because if you don't, it's just kind of like pushing it away. Now, once you realize that, you know, your emotions match the feeling of what had happened to you, that's when you know that it's, re- it's time to let it go. And for me, what happened was I, as soon as I wrote it down, as soon as I matched the feelings I've had with the experience, and I really felt it in my soul. You know, you tend to cry a lot, right? You tend to release it. Any form of release is good. Crying. Saying it out loud. Shouting it out. I suggest that you are alone when you do that. (laughs) So it's not to to, uh, uh, have anybody else around you uh, feel scared because you're shouting. But do what you can to release all of it. Now, it took me a few times to do this, okay, a few days to do this. And some people, it could take weeks or months because, you know, depending on how this hurt feeling is embedded in your soul deep down, it really depends on that and how fast and how slow things will progress for you. But once you've done that, what happened to me was I was able to uh, put together a list of remedies, healing remedies for me. And one of those was to talk to my mother about it, to talk to the other people about it, whom I felt, you know, abandoned from. I talked to them about it, not in a, uh, accusatory way, not in, in any of that, but it was, a, it was a matter of fact discussion. You know, for instance, with my mom, I asked her, you know, what, what was it that made you decide to leave my brother and I alone with your family while you worked around the world? And she simply said, well, You know, that was my passion, and I had to honor my passion. And, of course, you know, then the second question was, okay, then why have us as children? Which, in retrospect, should not have been a question at all. I should not have asked that at all because, you know, she could have wanted to have children. But she also wanted to work and so the, the response is that, you know, she, uh, she wanted it to have us, you know, was uh, with, with my father at that time. 
And, and it didn't mean that she didn't love us because she decided to um, pursue her passion. You know, in other words, the conversation was, uh, a lot of it was um, inquiry. A lot of it was, you know, talking to her about, um, asking her about, you know, her motive, her intent, intentions, and how that related to my upbringing. Because I wanted to understand why I was where I was with this abandonment issue. I wanted to not only understand it, but I wanted to heal from it. And in order for you to do that, in order for me to do that, I had to see the whole picture. Maybe not all, but I had to see that picture in order to heal myself. And over time, you will recognize what kind of um, situation you're in, what, what, what kind of information you'll need in order to heal. But for me, that was it. I wanted to know the intention. And so after we had that conversation, I, I started to change my attitude towards my mother. Because what happened was I, I saw myself in her shoes. I tried to realize how it would have felt if I were in her shoes. And, and to have that compassion and empathy. And for me, it didn't take a day or two. It took me a few years to really heal from this. And then I was able to let go fully. But during that time in between, or even in my childhood, you know, I, my mother and I were never close. Uh, it was hard for me to to get close to, to her because of this abandonment issue. And because I didn't know, I didn't have the tools to know how to acknowledge it, to know how uh, to realize that this was in fact an abandonment issue, to realize and how to heal from it. I didn't have those tools. But when I did, I started working on it immediately. Because you will have this knowing when it's time. When your shadow creeps up on you, and usually that happens when you, know, you feel like your life has fallen apart. A lot of circumstances or people and circumstances are creating this tower that's breaking down all around you. That's usually when it's the perfect time to have that introspection, to have that time to find out why is everything falling apart in my life? It, it's time to ask questions. It's time to inquire. It's time to dig deep into your shadow self. It's a perfect time because that is when you will not only realize 
that it's time to let it go or to heal it, but also to stop that from happening in your life going forward. Because after you heal it, and for me, after I healed this shadow self, my life turned around completely in regards to my relationship with my mother in regards to my relationship with other people whom I felt uh, abandoned me. It turned around completely, night and day. But it took years for me for that to happen. So everybody is different. I have friends where when they, you know, realized what their shadow was and and started healing from it, it took them perhaps weeks or months. So it all depends on you. It all depends on, there's a lot of components here, but it all depends on, you know, what you want to work on first or how you want to work on it or when the healing, you know, will take place and and how long or how short it is. It really is a very individual healing process. And there's no right or wrong in this. Everybody has their own timetable. And so don't feel bad if it takes you longer. Don't feel bad if it takes you shorter than everybody else. Don't, because everybody has their own way of healing themselves. And so the shadow then, after you heal from it, in my, in my case, it was immediate. Well, I would say, in terms of immediacy, I would say that after many years of working on it and healing on it, one day, I should have said, one day I woke up and it was just gone. This animosity towards my mother was gone. This uh, feeling of abandonment and, and uh, depression was gone. I, I remember that morning I called her up. And my mother was so surprised that I called because, you know, normally I don't call her and, you know, she stopped calling me. But I called her up. And it was just like any other day. It was very bizarre, to say the least, but that's exactly what happened. I called her up, and it was just like any other day, or like talking to a long-lost family member. And it was, it was serene. It was cheerful. And at the end of the conversation, I knew my mother was probably puzzled by it, uh, by it all. But in my mind... That was it. That was the catalyst for me. That was, that was when I knew. That's when I knew that I healed this shadow part of myself. And not only did I call her that day, but I called her every single day that week. Just to say hello sometimes. Just to hear her voice. And when my family members got a hold of it, they were shocked. They were surprised by it all. But I wasn't. It was then that I realized that that's when you know that the shadow is gone. 
from that pain. I also realized that not only did I heal myself, but perhaps it also healed my mother. The conversation we have now is very jovial, very cheerful, very loving. And so in order for us to really heal our pain, we have to address it. We have to look at it. We have to face it and acknowledge that it's there. That light and dark is part of our life. And it's part of our life. It can't be one way or the other. It's impossible. And so when you acknowledge it, then have a plan on how to you know, heal from it. And it'll come to you. Everybody's different, but it will come to you. If you want it bad enough, it will come to you. And I would also like to add that it helps to pray, to ask for guidance from God, from the universe, or whoever it is that you pray to, to pray for assistance, to pray for a guidance, to pray for the courage and the strength. Because, my friends, this is not easy, as you would probably know. It's not easy to go through this process. But it's necessary in order for you to live your life. Until next time, I send you peace and love. Thanks for joining us this week on I Am Ethos. Be sure to tune in next week for our next exciting episode.